Hello, funky listeners, and welcome to another episode of Funk Radio. This is your host, Kyle. And this is your host, Peter. Welcome to Funk Radio. I've been listening to a lot of NPR lately, and on NPR, they all talk like this. This is NPR. So, I've been honing my soft, asthma-style radio voice, where I talk really softly like this, and somehow people are aroused by it. Are you aroused by NPR? I'm aroused by the sound of my own voice. (laughs) Um, We're going to have a little sort of theoretical conversation here on Funk Radio. It's not, I mean, it's music music related, but it's not going to be super music specific. Um, But it does tie into subjects we've talked about before on the show regarding uh, music piracy. And... Um, Peter, you actually kind of tipped me off to this, I think, a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, I I ran past this article uh, recently and found it interesting, so I shot it over to you, and now we're talking about it. Yep. Uh, so essentially what the original article that he sent said, it was an article from uh, Ars Technica, um, published it back in late March. It's talked about how... Music record labels are attempting to sue the uh, cable company Charter because they're complaining that the high internet speeds that they're offering consumers help to fuel piracy. So I dug a little bit further. This isn't the only site talking about it, obviously. Other sites mention this as well. But it does seem like major record labels, including the likes of Warner Brothers, Sony, Universal Music Group, Group, and several of their subsidiaries, are claiming that Charter has, quote, this is their words, knowingly contributed to and reaped substantial profits from massive copyright infringement committed by thousands of its subscribers. Charter has a policy uh, regarding copyright that says infringers can be disconnected, but in their complaint, the record labels have said, quote, many of Charter's customers are motivated to subscribe to Charter's service because it allows them to download music and other copyrighted content, including unauthorized content, as efficiently as possible. Accordingly, in its consumer marketing material, including material directed to Colorado consumers, the suit was filed in Colorado, um, Charter has touted how its Service enables subscribers to download and upload large amounts of content at, quote, blazing fast internet speeds. Uh, Charter has told existing and prospective customers that its high-speed service enables subscribers to, quote, download just about anything instantly. And subscribers have the ability to, quote, download eight songs in three seconds. Charter has further told subscribers that its internet service, quote, has the speed you need for everything you do online. In exchange for its this service, Charter has charged its customers monthly fees ranging in price based on the speed of the service. So basically they're saying that their marketing terms that they use are somehow tacitly encouraging people to illegally download things. None of that it seems like it's doing. It's just literally saying it's fast, you can do stuff, which is what yeah. people have the internet for. That's part of why I think this particular suit has kind of blown up as opposed to other suits against internet providers is because 
it seems like they're trying to make a different argument this time, and it seems like that argument is even more flimsy. Um, hmm. So I think that's why a lot of uh, the media is picking up on it, because they're like, this sounds a little bit wishy-washy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like this... I mean, I'm sure we have more to talk about here, but um, I don't know. It just feels like it doesn't really have much of a leg to stand on. Yeah. Because there's, yeah. there's so many different applications for fast upload and download speeds mm-hmm. on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> like they're focusing it on one thing that really realistically a pretty it's, it, small subset of people are doing. It, it honestly seems like they're, they're literally trying to make the argument. Like the only reason people would, anyone would need fast internet is to do things illegal, right. <laughs> which as you said, in this day and age is completely ridiculous. I mean, people who legally pay for Netflix and have a, say a, I don't know, a 4K TV or something, they need pretty fast internet speeds to be able to stream that, you know, consistently. Same with music, high-quality right. music streams. The funny thing about all of this is, I know we talked about in previous episodes, that on the whole, music piracy is actually going down because of the ease of access of music streaming, which is legal and has been, what's the word? proliferated because of fast internet speeds yeah that's actually a really good point so it's like you know they're ha- the the record lab- the record industry is happy for fast internet speeds when it means people can use spotify all day long um yeah. but they're not happy because they think people are still illegally downloading nickelback or something i don't know well you, you um, make a really good argument and i forgot that we uh you know, talked about that in a prior episode. So, yeah, it, it, that makes even less sense now that you think about it that way. Mm-hmm. So, really, in the grand scheme of things, there's, I mean, from a capitalistic standpoint, there's nothing illegal about an internet service offering higher internet speeds in exchange for higher prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> how good those internet speeds and how how high those prices are is a topic for another day that I can bitch about. Um, Probably for a different podcast. Yes. <laughs> Kyle's Bitch Corner. Um, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> Nobody puts Kyle in the Bitch Corner except himself. <laughs> except me. <laughs> but the fact that these record labels are alleging that their lax approach to the enforcement has helped it earn more revenue because... You know, I don't know if maybe pirates around the world are like, hey, you guys should all get charter because they're not they're more lax on pirates. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think I think the enforcement half of the argument is a little bit more. You know, they, they have a little bit more something to stand on there. Yeah. Now, I guess from a more moral moralizing standpoint, I, I kind of wanted to to also ask the question, like, do you think it's fair that internet service providers are basically held responsible for enforcing copyright law on behalf of record labels? I will start... I need to think about that for a minute, but I'll start by mentioning that they say that they do that. Mm-hmm. and But so I guess to to make the claim and the promise, whatever you want to call it, that they are, you know, protecting these big record label companies. And then they're not, Mm -hmm. I think that's digging themselves a hole that obviously is coming back to bite them in the ass. But 
Mm-hmm. Um, as an overall matter of should they be doing that or or should they be responsible for that? That's an interesting question. Um, I mean, uh, I would. I get. I don't know. I kind of think yeah, but I don't know. I I could see an argument against it. Yeah, it's it's a little bit wishy washy, and we'll actually get to that a little bit further in the uh, in our conversation here because I. I looked up some of the legalese around it, and it is a bit wishy-washy. The funny thing is that this whole thing of, like, the record label suing uh, Cox or Charter, actually. Um, Cox, I think, is a subsidiary of Charter, who, and I have Cox, so I have a personal vendetta in this. Uh, yeah. Kyle's like, I've downloaded so much shit. <laughs> they found me. They found me. Um... The, the 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 idea of record labels suing internet providers uh, over this sort of thing is not new. They've been doing this for a while. They've sued different ones around the country. Um, if you remember, Peter, when probably more towards like the early two th- in the mid two thousands, maybe a little bit into like the twenty tens, uh, what they what they used to do is uh they had a strategy of filing these huge mass lawsuits against individuals that they caught pirating movies or songs or whatever and you'd see in the news like you know 13 year old sued for 35 million dollars by whatever for downloading metallica album basically making an example out of them exactly they did this to basically you know discourage other people from doing it by saying you know we're going to throw the entire weight of our legal army at you if you do now, if you've noticed, th- that's kind of given way because I think record labels realize that, like, from a PR standpoint, that's not a good look for them to be, you know, suing individuals like, you know, some, I don't know, 13-year-old kid that, you know, just wanted the new Metallica album or some grandma that didn't know what the hell she was doing. Uh and <laughs> They eventually stopped that because I think the public backlash of, of saying like, you know, okay, yeah, they essentially pirated a $12 album and, and the record industry has somehow convinced judges that their, their profit losses in the millions mm. <laughs> and not just, you know, the cost of the album, basically. Right. Th- they stopped doing that in favor of partnering with these ISPs to basically have like a strike system uh, I see. which is a bit more of a backdoor thing so you know the record industry doesn't look as bad now the isps look like the bad guys which because um, they're monitoring maybe your internet maybe, yeah maybe they're fine looking like bad guys i don't know yeah but like if the isp is gonna make an agreement with these companies to do that and you know anybody who pays for internet from these isps in some kind of small print i'm sure it says like we have the right to yeah monitor whatever you're doing or stop you if you're doing something bad yeah so like yeah i'm i'm just curious like how this these initial things like took place where the record industry basically went went to the isps and said hey you're gonna be our enforcers now against copyright infringement like yeah what did they offer the ISPs that to them was they would be like, oh, okay. Uh, that is interesting. I, I I I am a little curious what the like how they reached that agreement or what the what the because, it, maybe it's like if if the ISPs f- like you know scope people out and find them, mm-hmm. 
and you know it becomes a legal thing then maybe they get some kickback for it or something maybe yeah because i'm so there's I'm, some it, incentive for them to find those people yeah um but going back to how i was saying before that you know this whole uh litigation process against isps isn't new um back in 2015 uh the music company bmg actually won a settlement against cox for 25 million dollars for uh them ignoring copyright infringement warnings uh the funny thing is was that was later overturned by another judge after cox appealed Hmm. but that initial ruling was enough of a victory for the RIAA, the Record Industry Association of America, to basically follow up with its own massive lawsuit. Because, again, they were initially sued by one individual record label, but now the RIAA mm. is suing them, uh, basically like a conglomerate of record labels. And basically, yeah, that, that 2015 judgment kind of opened the floodgates for record record labels to sue internet providers anywhere in the, in the country that they feel aren't uh enforcing copyright law you know to mm. the degree they think it should be um i guess here's another question from a moralistic standpoint who do you think in this scenario who do you think should be making the rules or, or whatever i about what the punishment would be for copyright infringement. Do you think it should be the record industry or do you think it should be the internet providers? Uh, I mean, probably a, you know, I'm not that I'm really on the side of the record labels here, but I feel like given the two options, I'd say they probably do because like at the end of the day, it's their property that's being infringed upon. True. Um, True. That being said, I know they have a, reputation for like you said they completely overblow the value of what's being pirated mm-hmm. um so i and i don't support that but um i th- i think they have more of a dog in the fight than the internet providers do mm-hmm. that, that kind of goes back to my my argument of like i think it's again i don't like defending internet providers either but i think it's unfair for the record industry to place the burden on them to be the ones that basically enforce these these laws i mean if yeah. you look at if you look at an internet provider and uh i'll get into that in a sec there's actually a, a legal code regarding this basically Internet providers are just kind of meant to be intermediaries between you and the internet and aren't meant to be held responsible for things you do on the internet. Mm. Now, that obviously, uh, that obviously only only goes so far if, God forbid, you know, you do something illegal on the internet, you buy a rocket launcher or you're on some terrible site that you shouldn't be that, uh, you know, is illegal simply to be on. Um, Right. Then, or the dark web or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Then, uh, obviously, you know, it's the internet provider shouldn't allow you access to, like, those. uh, What do you call it? Those sites, basically. I guess my question too is like, wouldn't it be easier for internet providers to just block access to those sites than it would be to like try to hunt down individual people that are using the site maliciously? Because most of the sites that people get pirated stuff from, that's all that site has is pirated stuff. It's there's no like right. noble purpose that's being uh, 
altered, you know, to do things illegally. Well, yeah, no, that's a good point. And I think that if I remember correctly, I think that is something we touched on a little bit in our digital piracy episode a while back, was, which was, you know, the, the really the whole history of it is these services keep popping up and then they yeah, it's know, like get shut down. Um, yeah, true. And I know that just keeps, I know, you know, throughout the years it's, that has c- continued to happen with different websites and mm-hmm. services and whatnot. Um, so you're saying that rather than going after the people who are downloading stuff, they should instead focus their attention on on blocking the sites themselves or, or, or shutting going them after down. The, yeah, or going after the, which maybe they do. I don't know. It does. I mean, it does seem like, like you said, that sites get shut down, other ones pop up, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. But I think if you get to the, so I think there's a different, I'm going to say this really quick. I think there's a difference between like investigating into a website or whatever and like finding the people who are running it mm-hmm. and, you know, arresting them or shutting them down. There's a difference between that and just blocking the website from users. Cause I think that it, that becomes a form of censorship, which I know would not go well over with a lot of people. True. Um, True. So I would, I would guess that's probably not an ideal choice on their part. True. Just for simply for that reason, even though it would probably be the easiest. I was going to say, and in fact, in doing my legal research, they are actually, semi-protected against basically just blocking access to sites by um, a legal code that's section 230 of the communications decency act which was passed in 1996 um it shows how old piracy is the golden age Um, of the internet exactly uh and what section 230 says is that quote no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. Now, basically, if you have a website that, I don't know, is a file-sharing website, and some people on that website are sharing, you know, files they shouldn't be, then it basically protects you from being held responsible for what they're doing on the site. It hold uh, it. Who's this protecting? I'm sorry, I'm getting a little lost. Sorry, it it protects. Uh, it's it's a kind of a double sided thing. It protects uh, website hosts, basically people that put up these oh, websites, okay. and it, in other ways, it protects uh, the internet service providers, basically by saying right. if illegal stuff is done on the internet, you know, it's well, they don't not really the have internet, control over that. It's not yeah. the internet provider's fault that it's you know that they're doing it. Right. So they're protected from being sued by, I don't know, whoever would feel the need to sue them. Hmm. So this is the main section that kind of flies in the face of what uh, these record labels are arguing, is they're saying that, oh, the ISP should be held responsible for the illegal things people do on the internet. Uh, well, by by the standards of that thing you were just reading, I think that's the answer is no. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it does say in that statute that basically there are some important exemptions for certain criminal and intellectual property-based claims, but CDA 230 creates a broad protection that is allowed innovation and free speech online to flourish. Blah, blah, blah. Um, So the argument that the internet providers would have to be making is that 
basically either A, they did their due diligence in keeping people from illegally doing things on their site, or B, basically they'd have to make the argument that it's not, it's not their job to police those people. Which is a hard argument to make if they have made agreements about this in the past. Yeah. And maybe they have. I, I guess I don't really know the details of it. But if they have, then yeah, they can't really argue with that. True. Um, the The funny thing, though, and I don't know if this is still the case, the argument that uh, the RIAA or whatever record labels that would used to sue people for this is that that it, it wasn't the actual downloading of something that they said, oh, that's illegal. It was their fear that because they now had the 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 uh, thing digitally or whatever, that they would redistribute that on the internet, basically what? allowing other people to download it. Mostly because that's their that's, argument? <laughs> mostly because, in general, uh, a main form of pirating called torrenting, that's sort of how it works. It's called peer-to-peer, where basically people that have a file give access to other people that want to download the file and it's like this big web mesh of like people that have downloaded the thing versus people that are trying to download the thing. And oh, isn't it like, sorry to interrupt, isn't it basically yeah. like, uh, like let's say you want to download the Metallica album. Yeah. Um, through torrenting, since, you know, let's say 300 different people are, are have that file mm-hmm. in that system, then you're kind of downloading it collectively across... Yes, you're not those, downloading all those people. You're not downloading the entire thing from any one person. You're downloading pieces of it from 300 people. Right. If that makes sense. And it's a it's sort of a it's sort of an encrypt a way to encrypt file transferring and stuff. I mean, it, it initially torrents torrent files had like a you know, normal purpose basically just a way to encrypt files. Um but is often used now for pirating because it's harder to trace. You know, mm-hmm. if if someone's downloading something from 300 people, it's harder to f- trace that back to an origin source than if it was like, oh, one person to another person. And I see. So, so you're you're thinking that this is really what they're worried about then is torrenting yes. specifically. And okay, excuse me, makes a little bit more sense. It it kind of goes back to that argument of is it the internet provider's responsibility to punish either people or the sites that these are hosted on um, for simply downloading the thing, which in and of itself isn't illegal, or is or do they somehow have to get them for redistributing the thing that they're downloading? Like, if I were to just go on YouTube, right, and, you know, there's a lot of those goofy sites that where you can rip a YouTube video off YouTube or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and, I don't know, I rip a YouTube video off YouTube... Now, I don't send that other video to anybody else. I, maybe I need to use it for a presentation or something. I don't know. Yeah. Is that is that pirating? Well, I don't know. I mean, it, you I'm could argue just... it either way. But like, I think what you're saying is they are really kind of just considering redistribution as pirating rather than simply downloading, which I think mm-hmm. is kind of a turn from what from how they used to see it. Yeah, maybe that's kind of what we were discussing already. Of you know, rather than going after the twelve-year-old and downloaded the album, now they're going after like here's the the groups of people who are all like distributing this shit. Yeah, which kind of makes more sense, at least in my mind, anyway. But 
Um, yeah, to answer your question, I mean, by by that logic, no, what you're doing is not illegal. Yeah. So, going back to the second part of their argument that I think is the more ridiculous part, the idea of arguing that, oh, because this service markets itself as a high-speed internet service, you know, that encourages more people to pirate. That's the argument that I think... I don't know if, like, the whole suit would be thrown out because that one argument is dumb. I don't know how the legalizing of that (laughs) works. Uh, But that's a pretty hard argument to make. And and it's interesting that they're trying to expand their purview uh, of, you know, what an internet service provider is supposed to do on the behalf of... Of the record label, it's it seems like they're kind of trying to argue like you know, internet providers shouldn't offer high speed internet because, you know, it allows it, a small subset of people to do a thing. Yeah, which well, yeah, I mean that's a stupid argument because it's like, what are we supposed to do? Have slower internet because I was going to say, God forbid, if if the judge rules in favor of the record label in this in this situation, like what what ramifications does that have? Does that mean probably higher cost for faster internet? Yeah. Does that mean that more of the burden is going to be on ISP? So they're going to raise prices even more to, uh, combat that. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like the way I put it to you when it, when you first sent me this, it's like if someone buys a really fast car, that fast car may cause them to speed past the speed limit. But, but that's not Ferrari's fault. Yeah, the cops aren't going to go turn around and sue the car manufacturer for making a car that allows, that encourages people to speed more. They're going to go after the people right. that are speeding. So, it's kind of a similar argument. It's like... it's You're kind of given a, a tool, and really how you use it is, as an individual, how you use it is what's illegal, yeah, not the exactly. fact that it, it just exists in its current form. Exactly. So, yeah, ultimately that seems like a really silly argument. I'm, I'll, I want to keep an eye on this suit and see, uh, you know, these suits last forever. Yeah. But, uh, and see where it goes. And I guess we'll update you guys if we hear anything more. I'm, I'm kind of on the, on the side of basically, I don't think internet providers should be forced to be the ones punishing pirates at all to begin with. Uh, Basically, if you think of an internet provider as like a highway, you know, that allows people to travel, and some people want to travel illegally on that highway by speeding, it's it's not the fault of the people that built the <laughs> that's highway. Like the, that's like the cops uh, suing the Department of Transportation. Yeah. <laughs> for saying like, hey, by having a freeway, you're allowing people to go fast. <laughs> So, which is against ju- the law. So, yeah, I mean, you should funny, be enforcing that. The funny thing is, like these these copyright laws that were originally passed were basically written by the record labels. They were written by the lobbyists mm-hmm. of these record labels, basically going to Congress and saying, you know, you have to protect us from monetary damages by people, you know, sharing things, whatever, illegally. Or, and again, bootlegging and pirating has been around for longer than the internet. That was another good uh, episode we did. Mm-hmm. And I think it's silly for the record industry to put the burden of punishment on on the internet providers when it's like it's it's a 
it's punishment for a law that they basically put in place in the first place. <laughs> you know? That's a good point. Again, you know, I'm kind of like commie Kyle, hashtag eat the rich. I'm a, I'm a lot less forgiving of like multi-billion dollar corporations when they're like, hey, we're not getting enough money from our consumers. <laughs> Which is kind of ironic because I think pretty much all of the internet provider companies are the same thing. Like, they're yeah. also these huge-ass companies that own, like, half the shit in the world, so... Yeah, it's like huge-ass companies suing other huge-ass companies, which I guess, like I said, I guess is better than them suing, you know, little Timmy. Yeah. Uh, but really, but, all all we can do as little Timmy is kind of just sit back and watch and... Exactly. ...make podcast episodes about it. Make podcasts bitching about it, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, again, I have my own kind of moralization about it. I, I think if you... If you create a law making it illegal for people to do certain things with your content, then it's your job to enforce that law. Yeah, I I, I do think I, I guess as kind of closing thoughts with this whole thing, I, I mm-hmm. think it's sort of interesting and almost a little bit humorous that it's 2019 and we're still having these, these conversations, arg- these arguments about like how the Internet should be used. And like it, it, in a way, it's still. Like we're in a way, it's still we're still kind of taming the wild west after how many decades now? Mm-hmm. It, you know, as it's become, I, don't, I wouldn't say less wild, but just wild in different ways or faster. That's really driving a lot of this whole thing. Like, obviously, this is a, a an argument that could have been made twenty years ago, anyway, mm-hmm. because internet yeah. speeds weren't that fast. But yeah, um, very true. I don't know. It's it's just funny to me that like this just keeps happening yeah and again it seems like what like every three like two or three years now there's like this huge internet what do you call it uh backlash to some law that congress tries to pass that you know limits the freedom of the internet yeah that too and it's just like i feel like every couple years we're having this conversation of like oh the internet you know should be free and and equal access to everyone and there's some yeah there's some entity out there that says no we don't want it to be that way we want it to be you know basically like a you know tiered system where the more you pay the better you get which i mean for yeah. internet speed you know and that that's the whole argument is like you know, yeah they can offer you better internet speed at a higher price but they can't block block access to any particular websites unless you right. pay a higher price and they've been trying to get rid of that rule for 20 years. Yeah. But that's another argument for another day. So, yeah, listeners, tell us what you think about this lawsuit. Yes, listeners, tell us if you hashtag stand with charter. Um, oh, I guess we should tell them where they can tell us that. Facebook.com slash get your folk. Or yeah, so we have a website. We have a website where you can't talk to us, but you can it's probably better. Ooh, you can download things, listeners. Oh yeah, and it's not illegal. Um Yep. Yeah, our website we didn't say it, but it's getyourfunk.com. Uh I'm done talking. <laughs> um stay tuned for more exciting episodes of Funk Radio. This has been your host Kyle. And this has been your host Peter. Thank you for listening to Funk Radio. We'll be back once again, another time, in the future. <laughs> I feel like, I've like those uh, old timey '40s radio shows that like never end. <laughs> uh, Find out what happens to Little Orphan Kyle next time. <laughs> be sure to drink your Ovaltine, kids. Um, 
Yeah. Bye. We love you. Bye.